What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Wizards of Gallery Place podcast. Vernon and Damo back on the show, and this is more of a post-game pod. Uh, the Wizards just beat the Minnesota Timberwolves at 128-112, I think it was, winning seven out of their last eight games. It was close for a decent chunk of the game, but the Wizards were able to kind of break away in the fourth quarter. Some big help from Davis Bertans and Garrison Matthews, both shooting the hell out of the ball. Bradley Beal taking over per usual, and Russell Westbrook doing his thing as of late, just keeping the energy up and keeping the pace going. So, I mean, what were your instant thoughts on this win, winning seven out of the last eight? Go Zards. I mean, I mean, this game, I, I mean, I was saying to you guys earlier, I mean, I just felt like I felt pretty confident about this being a W. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, the way they've been playing, the way the Timberwolves have been playing, the fact that they had no Malik Beasley, no D'Angelo Russell, um, and Cat is kind of having a up-and-down year with everything he's gone through this summer. Like, um, And I think they're playing like three guys that were – uh, undrafted free agents or G League guys. So, yeah. yeah, like, it was just – this just – they had to win this game. And I felt pretty confident that they would. The first half, <clears throat> they was just missing shots because I felt like they should have been up a dub in the first half. Um, but it was like, you know, they just was missing wide open looks. I don't know if they ain't had their legs yet or they were just still trying to get warmed up. But uh, once the third quarter got there, I don't know what uh, Josh Okoge said to – to build on the free throw line, but after that, it was a wrap. <laughs> it was the game was over at that point. Bill, Bill just decided, all right, let me put y'all away. And then Bertans got one once he saw it go through, and then Matthews got high. It, it, it was over after that. Yeah, um, and just to get the one negative out of the way, and it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with the on-court play, but um, it looked like Hollow Neto got a little bit banged up. I know that they rolled him out um, at in the fourth quarter, or was it the third? I can't remember. Either way, he didn't play the rest of the game um, with what they're calling a knee contusion. So mm-hmm. I don't know how long that will keep him out, but um, I'm sure Russell Westbrook will still play tomorrow, but it still kind of leaves them a little bit thin at point guard and Neto didn't have the best game tonight, but typically he's probably their overall best option at backup point. So um, take a little bit of a dent in the depth there, but you know, you, you need other guys to step up. So we'll see who takes over tomorrow. My guess would be they'll just give Troy Brown or Bonga more minutes. My guess would be Troy and um, they'll probably just try and stagger Russ and be a little bit more. I would imagine. I see a J. Rob sighting. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I know he's been getting, he's been rocking up a lot of DMPs lately. But uh, yeah, it should be, it should be interesting. They play, they play the Celtics tomorrow, right? Yeah. Um. Actually, let me check the um the NBA app real quick to check on scores because I thought they played the Pacers tonight. I could be wrong on that. Maybe yeah, they, they just play played the Celtics them. tomorrow at seven. And then the next game they got is the Grizzlies. Yeah. Okay, so the Celtics. Who did the Celtics? Yeah, okay, so no, they're not playing the Pacers tonight. They played the Pacers last night, and um, they won by six. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's Celtics, it's Celtics, Grizzlies, and then 
Clippers at home. And then it's all-star break. Yeah, um, let me do the math real quick. I want to see if we're officially ahead of the Hawks now by percentage points. Um, let me see. Okay, so we're not quite ahead of um, the Hawks yet, but in terms of games back, we are tied at eight. So yeah. still not bad because Toronto, I mean, one through three are, are going to be uncatchable, but four realistically, yeah, no, 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 I mean... They're only two and a half games back now. Isn't that crazy? And, like, the Eastern Conference is going to be so nuts down the stretch. Like, the last week is going to be insane. The last few days are going to be insane. Like, the last day is going to be nuts for playoff seeding and all that. I mean, yeah. it's just – Everybody's it, playing for the fourth seed, man. You, yeah. You, you basically play – you got about – let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I said you got ten teams playing for the fourth seed, man. Yeah. 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 Yep. It is. So yeah, and who knows? Maybe Orlando falls off a cliff a little bit and kind of take themselves out of it a, l- a little bit more. Same with Cleveland. Um, and, you know, maybe it starts turning into like an eight team sort of thing, you know, kind of shrink the race a little bit. But I mean, in terms of the, the play in right now, I mean, they're only a game and a half out. So, yeah, it just sucks, man, because they really should be like a four C right now. Like a, a runaway four seed right now, if yeah. if they didn't COVID dropped them four games and then just the way they started the year with Bertans out of shape and and, oh, and just the weird lineups and just not yeah. having a consistent lineup, man, that that cost you nine games. If you just if you just win four of those nine, you know you you go four and five out of those nine, man, you sitting at you a four seed right now. Yeah. And you're up like two games. <laughs> You'd be up like two games on that. So I, I just, it's, it's, yeah, I, I just wish, uh, yeah, I wish they had. I wish that it didn't go that way it did to start the year, but it is what it is at this point. And, and it makes you wonder, again, because now that they're really in the thick of it, and not just for the Wizards, but overall, I really wonder what the trade deadline is going to be. Now, typically I know that teams that are bad, and the Eastern Conference are going to be more willing to, you know, trade their veterans and all that. But the Eastern Conference is so competitive. Maybe more teams are going to be reluctant to make deals this year simply because everyone's kind of in the same boat um, after the, you know, top three. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but I'm looking at their numbers on the season as a whole. You like, okay, because because. When I think of the trade deadline, my first question is like, okay, what do they actually need? Right. And then you go, you look at their numbers on the year, and then you're like, oh, well, they're bottom 10 defensively. They're bottom 10 offensively. But it's like you can't look at the whole year and say that's the Wizards team that you're watching right now. Correct. So then when I do it, let's say just from the – I'm not even going to say on this whole, you know, seven out of eight streak. I'll just say from the time they beat the Nets. Um, which was, I think that was what, beginning of the end of January? I don't um, remember. Sounds right. Yeah, when they when they beat the Nets that first time, I think Russ had like 42, something like that. That was that was the game where it was like, okay, Russ might be the quad might be good now. Yeah. Um, I don't think Bertans was already, I don't think Bertans was really back just yet. 
Nope. But but Russ was decent. Russ was healthy. And uh yeah, so that 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 gave him a boost. And I think from that point in time, I think that's the team you can kind of look at and say, okay, this is the Wizards team going forward that you expect to see for the rest of the year. And if I look at those numbers, it's a totally different team. So it kind of makes me reevaluate what exactly this team needs. I still think they need another vet wing defender, like a guy that you can just say, okay, you playing Jason Tatum tonight, go get him. (laughs) Um, Right. Because Rui is growing into that role, but he's still a young guy. Um, right. You know, I want that savvy vet guy that know all of the, you know, that know all the refs and, and, and can, you know, play little mind games and, and get away with fouls. And, you know, th- those guys that, that you know, teams really don't want to get rid of, but every quality playoff team has one. So... That that's what I think they still need, even though they've been playing pretty damn good over this last over the, I'd say over the last probably fifteen games. Yeah, um, and the one other thing I would add is, as I if I were them, I would still try to add something in the front court. I know that the the three center rotation is something that they're probably comfortable with, considering they've been running it for over a year now, uh, but. I would still try and find someone maybe a, a little bit more of an all-around type game, maybe someone who's a little bit better offensively that can spell you in certain situations. Like, I, again, I, I think that the perfect situation you just – and again, the Wizards may not even have to make a trade because, um, the, at least in terms of getting back one of those pieces, you know, they could sell a couple of guys but then sign Rondé Hollis-Jefferson and, and Andre Drummond if he's bought out. And suddenly, you know, I mean, your depth looks – kind of good uh, assuming everyone's healthy um, right right and right. i know that like ronde hollis jefferson may not be that that vet guy that you're talking about that can play mind games and all that but like he's still a, a quality defender and again th- they need more wing defenders Rui and denny your two best defenders and i'm not trying to make it negative but like that that can't happen you know you, you need someone else because come playoff time those vets are going to take advantage and the refs are going to blow yeah. the whistles. They're going to get so, picked on, you know, and, yeah. and if one of them gets an early foul trouble, what's your, what's your counter? Um, yeah, it's right. not, it's not going to be Isaac Bonga, Troy Brown, or Jerome Robinson off your bench. Like, it's just right. not like that ship yeah. has long sailed. Uh, I think you need, <laughs> you just, you need a vet there. I, I would be fine with Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Like, yeah. if they sign him, because I know with him, he's going to give you maximum effort and energy with his athleticism and wingspan, the whole 48 minutes. All the minutes he played, they're going to be hard. He's going to play them hard. Um, mm-hmm. So I would be fine if they just sign. If they sign him today, I'd be fine with that. Yeah. Um, it just – and who knows? Maybe the buyout market will be a little bit more interesting than we think because, again, teams might be a little bit more – intent on adding talent and if they feel like there's a guy on their team like a veteran that they really just don't need and they feel isn't going to help them make a playoff push or something and, and of course here i'm talking about eastern conference teams and maybe they just buy them out and they say yeah well yeah you're a veteran you're kind of good but you're not really a fit for what we're trying to do so maybe there are some veterans that we don't foresee being available in the buyout market and 
are available, or maybe the Wizards are able to swing a trade for him. Now, I don't know what type of go, what type of guys in the Eastern Conference you're going to find that are going to be available like that. But I mean, in the West, maybe um, there are some guys. I mean, I know I don't know what they're going to do with PJ Tucker out there um, in Houston, but I mean, if they can't try and find a trade package for him, and I mean, I, I would assume they would because that PJ Tucker would be so ideal. Dumb. PJ would be so yes. ideal. You know, he's going to hit, he's going to make, he's going to take and make corner threes, and he's going to be physical, and he's going to play hard, man. Yeah. And he's a guy you can put on threes, fours, and some fives, and he's going to lock. Yeah. Um, I mean, he would just be ideal. I think, you know, Houston's situation is unfortunate. Um, <laughs> You know, all the injuries they got, man. But, I mean, we pretty much know where that's headed now, if, especially if they trade Oladipo. Um, but yeah, that, but, but everybody's going to be, every playoff team is going to be trying to get PJ. So every one of them. Yeah. I so. mean, especially in the East, I mean, Brooklyn, um, Boston, especially Boston doesn't have a single bench player that is reliable. Um, yeah. Let's Boston see, doesn't even have, season. Boston doesn't even have a power forward on their team. Like, yeah, they, they have haven't had one forward. probably the last three years. Yeah. So he would immediately slide into their starting lineup so that you can get one of the uh, Dave, uh, Tice or Thompson off the floor because <laughs> they playing Thompson at the four right now. Like, it's ridiculous. Um, I mean, even back, though, when the Celtics had those Isaiah Thomas teams and all that, they still didn't really have a legit power forward. Like, they would switch guys no. out all the time. Like, they had Amir Johnson. Uh, they tried Kelly Olenek there. They put Tice Bums, there sometimes. Man. Like <laughs> Bums. Or, yeah. or, or just last year, they was playing Gordon Hayward and Tatum at the four. Like, that's just not – that's yeah. not a viable option, man. So, yeah, it's going to be a lot of teams that's going to be trying to get P.J. Tucker at that deadline. And usually when that's the case – that means the Wizards are not going to get them. No. <laughs> so. um, well, and it's like they, they really don't have anything to give up either. Like, I don't know. Compared to Boston, I guess we would have more intriguing pieces to give away. But, I mean, in terms yeah, of – Yeah, I like, think we could beat out Boston. Yeah, but like Brooklyn or, or um, I mean, Miami, Bo- um, not Boston, uh, Milwaukee – um, who's the other top team in the East? I mean, even Toronto could probably beat our trade package. I mean, there there are a lot of teams that could beat our trade package. That's because all of our guys that we don't want to trade are legit parts of what make this team good. Like you do not want to move yes. those guys. Um, yeah, it would have what, to be like who who you could get for a Troy Brown, uh, maybe a Troy Brown ish, maybe yeah. those two. That's I don't it. really That's see, really yeah. And then maybe you throw in a second round pick or in there. That's probably, yeah, like a like a fringe type. It's not going to be somebody sitting in the top seven of your rotation right now. Like, I don't even think they move Robin Lopez at this point. I don't either. The they, they can't. They can't, you know. He's a serious part of what they've been doing lately. Yeah, very much so. He, I mean, he's kind of giving them those... I won't say Gortat minutes, but Gortat type of impact where you just hate watching him, but he's effective. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit more about tonight for a second. Uh, I, I know we mentioned or you mentioned that Carl Anthony Towns, you know, had been struggling. And the Timberwolves, I mean, 
are are the, the joke of the NBA at this point. Um, and, you know, they have yeah. some guys that are banged up. Russell is out, and, and that is something not to take lightly. Um, and everything going on with Cat, you just feel for him. But, uh, I mean, Len shut him down, and that's being nice about it. Um, right. And I know that we talked about maybe the Wizards trading for Cat. And I know it's just a game. And um, the, the Timberwolves, I mean, I wouldn't be interested in dressing up and playing for them every night either. But, I mean, you, you can't go out there flopping to Alex. I'm like, he was legit pressing at times. And I'm like, man, and he wasn't making his shots tonight either. He, he just, he didn't seem all the way there tonight. But I guess you can't really blame him. And, and the mid-season coaching change is so odd yeah that that whole thing is weird man i i don't i, I was just tweeting about this with with <laughs> somebody on twitter earlier like minnesota i i don't know man i feel like that's the place where guys go to die man your career go to die in in minnesota man like i mean just look at what they did to kevin garnett man i mean kevin yeah. garnett uh kevin love uh now cat like you know, the one decent player they draft in Levine, they got rid of, you know, like, and then they paid Wiggins and got rid of Levine. They, and they got rid of Levine because they had to pay Wiggins because it was one or the other. And they got rid of Levine, paid Wiggins, and they end up getting rid of Wiggins too because he wasn't worth it. So it's just like, then you draft Jared Culver. I don't know if he's a bust. I don't know if he's just not being developed properly. Like, it's just a mess over there, man. So, like, I hope just for his own mental health with Carl Anthony Towns that, like, he gets the hell up out of there, man. Like, I would, <laughs> I would lean more towards bust, and that's only like he his three shot is legit terrible, and it's not like he has a a DeRozan, Jimmy Butler, Bradley Beal type to his game where he can kind of go in the mid range, do a step back, uh, give you a jab, right, right, right. you know. Yeah, I worry about him, too, because it's like he wasn't like a highly touted high school guy. He was a late bloomer. He kind of was a guy that, you know, got it on his second time around and got an offer, got into a program and got built up through the program and and had a good year. Um, Got that team, that Texas Tech team all the way to didn't they get to the final four, I believe. Yeah, I still wasn't a big fan of him coming out, though. But I just never thought – I never saw him as, like, a blue-chip guy where, you know, you're like, okay, he's got these elite physical tools, and he was a guy that's been averaging 30 since high school. Like, he wasn't that type of guy. So seeing him now go to the Timberwolves and he's struggling and he just looks like he ain't even really an NBA player, it kind of just like, damn, it's like, ah, did he – is he just is he just not gonna cut it, you know? So he um was that that was the same draft with DeAndre Hunter, right? Ooh, it might have been. It might have been. I think so. Like he went Hunter went four. Yeah. And then Culver went five. Cause it went that was Zion's draft, right? I'm not that was the yeah. Zion. It was it was Zion. Uh, obviously, Morant two, Morant, and then third yeah, was yeah. RJ Barrett, and then four yeah. was was Hunter, and then five was Culver. Man, that top four sounds about right. That fifth is man. The Timberwolves are not good at drafting. Yeah, yeah. Like they drafted Cab, but like that was obvious, you know. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, 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 that's a odd. Again, that's a blue chipper with five-star AAU, All-American, McDonald's, all of that in high school, went to Kentucky, won a lot of games. Blue chipper, right? You know he. that's obvious. But them ones, the Timberwolves, when they come to actually having to do some real work in, in – identifying a talent, man. I, I don't know about them, man. They just they just always choose the wrong player. They always do. Yeah. Um, Johnny Flynn, right? Johnny Flynn was picked oh, by... Oh, gosh. And, and, Ricky, and Ricky Rubio. Okay, but Both to be drafted. fair, Ricky, Ricky Rubio was kind of dirty when he first came out. Like, he was good. Yeah, but come on. I mean, come, over Steph Curry? Come on, man. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, man. Steph Curry had Davidson in the final four, man. Come on, man. <laughs> like, yeah. Davidson. What have you heard about Davidson since Steph Curry left? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh, man. <laughs> it, it's hard when guys like McLaughlin and McDaniels and who is that um, Noel guy, when those guys are part of your rotation – you're not going to win many games. So again, I'm not really yeah. quite sure why Chris Finch took the job now when it would have been there for him in the offseason because now this goes on his resume. And if he yeah. gets dealt the same shit basket that Ryan Saunders was given, then he's going to be out in two years. And it's just, it's never going right. to get better there. So you, you really wonder when Carl Anthony Towns is going to finally request a trade because I know that they they did that whole move with Devin or um sorry with D'Angelo Russell, but just to placate him, yeah. Th- there's, yeah. I mean, I don't care about that. I mean, career his career is legit going to get wasted. He is a special talent. He really is. He really is. I, like I said, I mean, we talked about this before, but. I think he's every bit as special as an Anthony Davis or a Jokic or Embiid. I, yeah, I think sure. he's in that class of bigs. It's just he's in the worst possible situation you can be in as an NBA player. Like I say, it's them and it's the Jets in football. Like it's like it's 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 where careers go to die, man. Like you just don't want to be in those situations if you're a player. Like those would be two destinations where if I'm sitting at the top of the draft and they picking me, I'm reclassing. <laughs> like yeah. I'm going back to school, man. Like, nah, I'm good. Because that literally defines your career, who you get drafted by a lot of the times. Like it's a total difference between getting drafted by the Lakers or getting drafted by the Timberwolves. I it, it just is, man. So I, I just I hope I hope everything works out with him, you know, with the COVID, his mom passing. And I mean, it's know. terrible. I mean, his mental I mean, all around has just gotta be crap at this point. And it's not any fault of his. I don't mean to make it sound nah. like it's his fault or anything, but I mean that's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. And then your work your workplace is a disaster. <laughs> like you're not winning. You know, you're pretty much going to be picking top five again for like what the fifth, sixth straight year. Like, would it? You traded. Yeah, <laughs> you got rid of Ryan Saunders and made a a different. You hired a different coach mid season. Like Carl Anthony Towns, legit has like the worst situation. And the Timberwolves again are um, the joke of the NBA at this point. Um, Wizards yeah. wise, we got how many more games before the break? Three. Three? Three. Three. So, yeah, Celtics, Grizzlies, and then Clippers at home. 
Um, do you think we win tomorrow? I don't. I think we lose tomorrow. <sighs> yeah, second night of back to back. I think that's an L, man. Boston desperate too. If they win that, I would be super impressed. But I'm expecting. I'm already super impressed. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I'm already super impressed. But I would be like, that would be a shocker to me if they win tomorrow. Like, it I would just... be ignorant on the timeline. Like, yeah, we're winning the finals type energy if they beat Boston convincingly <laughs> tomorrow. But I'll just say that if they win tomorrow, they find a way to scrap one, steal one tomorrow. I, it's, it's, at that point, it's time to start talking about, okay, how do we get this four seed? Like, uh, legitimately, yeah. okay, how do we get this four seed? Uh, now you're talking about a run, them going on a, a run kind of like what they did in 2017. You know, when they won 34, they went like 34 and 11. They was on like a 60, 60 win game pace. Um, yeah. That type of run, you know, because uh, just the way they plan, if you're going to have, if Russ is, because I don't even, I still don't feel like Russ is all the way I don't feel like he's at an all NBA all-star level. Well, I'll he's say this. Not. He's he's not at an all NBA level. He's at like a fringe all-star level right now, which is good enough if you're gonna have Brad playing at a first team all NBA level and you're gonna have Bertans back at the level he was at with like a 60, 65%, 70% true shooting percentage. You know, you're gonna have Matthews at a 60% true shooting, knocking 40% of his threes down. Like, if you're going to get that and then Lopez playing like he's basically Steven Adams, then, yeah, yeah, you, you, you don't need Russ to be MVP level or, or all-NBA level anymore. No. Um, but it's just, I don't know. Is it, is all, are all of those variables going to stay at that level Right, where you don't need Russ to be the Russ that you're paying forty one million a year for. And I mean, I know Russ wasn't an All Star this year, but if he had been playing like the whole year, like he had been playing by the time, um, I mean, from that Brooklyn game up until now, I mean, he's an All Star this year for sure. Yeah, he probably would have had Ben Simmons spot. Yeah. Um... Probably. He probably would have been. It's not like Russ has done a complete 180, but I mean, he is clearly a a different player. Um, And when he's hitting his mid range shots, I know he really wasn't hitting it tonight, but I mean, when he, like that game against the Lakers and um, against Denver, I mean, he was was pretty solid. I know tonight he hit, um, he went on a little run there and did his own thing, so. Yeah, I was just looking at. It. I was saying over the over this seven game stretch, I guess now eight game stretch where there's seven and one. He's shooting his splits. His shooting splits are like forty three percent, and then like seventy seven percent from three and fifty percent from the free throw line. But what's helping him is that he's he's getting to he's getting to the free throw line and he's getting to the rim more, um, and he's not shooting, you know, those ridiculous. 20 footers or shooting threes like he's trying to get more to the rim so if he can just if he can just play around his inefficiencies and guys can step up and make shots around him he'll be good enough for what we need um just a little bit of a score update here for games that matter um orlando is digging themselves further into a hole they're not beating the jazz tonight 
Um, the Pacers oh, and Knicks wow. are both tied with about seven minutes to go. So who do we want winning that one? Who cares? <laughs> they bo- who are they both sitting in front of us? <laughs> right. I mean, it's honestly, I would rather have whoever's higher in the standings lose. Um, I know that kind of balances things out more, but I would rather have like that four seed, the seven seed, the eight seed, whatever, be more attainable. So, so you want the Knicks to win? Are the Knicks above the Pacers? I thought they were. Yeah. Let me see. Um. Oh yeah, they're up by a couple spots. So I would, I guess, want the Pacers to win. Oh no! Actually, is it like a statistical tie right now? It is it like a, a it's like a it's like a four four way tie for the five seed. I think. Yeah, Miami, New York, Boston, Indiana. So this game is going to decide who goes to the six seed. <laughs> this is crazy. I mean, it's nuts. And and the thing is, and we already get this vibe, it is going to be like this the rest of the season. It just is. Um, Which doesn't go well for us. It goes on a crazy run, man. Like, I mean, that's what it it would have to be. Like, it would have to be somebody getting hot. I mean, out of all these teams that are kind of juggling right now, I mean, obviously Miami's pretty disappointing, but I thought Indiana would be more. would be higher up in the standings and have some more wins, like be at least a few games over 500. Well, I mean, I think you're starting to finally see the effects of the Ola Depot trade. Not like, to mention firing the coach was dumb. Yeah, yeah. You fired Nate McMillan, who maximized your roster, which didn't have high-end talent, and then you traded away arguably your best or second-best player for a guy who can't play for you this year. So. Yeah, I would expect you to get worse. <laughs> yeah. so, it's finally starting to happen. So, I mean, that, again, that's good for the Wizards. So, Boston has been going through it. Um, the last ten games, they're four and six. Obviously, we Oof. are what now? Eight and eight and two, I think. Right. In the last, oh, so, oh there it, it says they're still seven and three technically. Oh, yeah. Okay. Anyway. Um, but seven out of the last eight is pretty damn good. So it wouldn't surprise me if they got the win tomorrow, but it, something just tells me that they're going to remember what happened whenever it was a couple weeks ago or whatever, and they're just going to – I mean, Tatum and Brown are just going to come out tomorrow. We're not going to be able to stop them. Um, I mean, we yeah. have – I mean, it's the second night of a back-to-back. I mean, it helps that Beal got the rest the last four minutes of this game. Um, well, Beal and Russ, I believe. Both Did Russ out. play the entire fourth quarter? No, I thought he. I thought Russ set out the last few minutes, or maybe he did. I I could be wrong because I thought uh, I thought I thought the closing like last three to four to three to four minutes was was Neto, Matthews in the backcourt, and then Neto got hurt, and then they put Troy Brown Jr. in. Okay, have you looked I, at the box score? Let me see. Uh, no, don't look at it. Don't look at it. I'm going to ask you, who had the highest plus minus tonight without looking at it, unless you've already looked at it? Ooh. Uh, just going off of my eye? Uh, knowing how box p- 
plus minus be weird as hell. I'ma say just because he was get he had hella he had some blocks and he was getting some easy dunks at the end of the game. I'ma say Alex Lynn. <laughs> Alex Lynn was a minus five. Wow. Wow. Okay. Uh do I get another guess or you gonna give me the answer? <laughs> no, yeah, you can get one more in there. All right, let me get one. All right, let me see. Uh okay, no I right, listen man. Lopez didn't really have a night. Rui tapered off after the first quarter. Okay, I'll tell you this. Robin Lopez wasn't it, but Robin Lopez was still plus 17. How? <laughs> I'm just I'm telling you what I'm looking at. What the hell? <laughs> what? And and that was the highest? No. That wasn't the highest? Um, that's tied for second highest. Denny was also plus 17. And I thought Denny was was bad. Yeah, I didn't think Denny was that good. Although, I mean, he did get some bullcrap foul calls again like he's always going to get until next season. Um, but, yeah, he's he needs to start hitting some more threes. How in the hell was Denny a plus 17? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get that. Like, um, Let me see uh, what rebounds he had. Oh, he only had two rebounds. What the hell? Yeah, I, I really don't. Somebody got to explain to me how plus minus is calculated because I, I, I don't get it with that one. Uh, I guess... Beal? Um, no. Beal was plus six. Man, yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. Bertans was a plus Kobe. Ooh, okay. Okay, okay, yeah. That makes sense. That makes Wow, sense. Garrison Matthews was a minus nine. How? I have no idea. He was... He was everywhere. He was getting rebounds. He was getting tips. He was getting deflections. And he was hitting damn near every three he put up. Yeah, I, I really some yeah, I really don't understand how plus minus works, man. Like I I, I think it works more so for lineups. Like to say, okay, this five man group had a plus minus of when they were on the court together. I don't know how well it works for just like judging individual because I don't see how the hell Garrison Matthews has a minus plus minus in that game. If they didn't have him in that game, they don't win that game. Right. Um, you, you know what's funny is Matthews and Len were the only two in the negatives category. But again, when you watch the game, like the instant reaction is like, how did they finish in the negative? So everyone else was a positive. Uh, Russ was third with plus 16. Um, like I said, Beal was plus six, uh, Garrison minus nine, Rui and Wagner both plus four, um, Hull mm-hmm. was a plus nine, and yeah, everyone else I said. So, yeah, um, yeah. let me take a look at the temple real quick. I'm curious. Um, and I know a lot of the plus minus numbers can change, holy like poo. from one end to the other, depending on whether you win or lose the game. So, like. <laughs> It just doesn't make. I don't know. Somebody got to explain it to me because it just don't. Plus minus numbers for individuals don't have never really made sense to me. Um, I got a two part question. One, what was the highest plus minus for the Timberwolves? And two, who got it? Uh, I mean, it, it had to probably have been like a low volume bench player. I'm gonna go with the the Norwell kid. 
<laughs> he was minus 15, but that's not the right answer. Oh, wow. Uh... This is so embarrassing to look at. Holy crap. Because I'm just like, there wasn't really any any player that really... Oh, Reed, 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 Reed. How about him? The big... Nas Reed was a minus five. What the fuck? He was literally all they had in the second. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Anthony man. Edwards. Huh? And he had a plus two. That was the highest. Uh, Edwards had a plus two. Um, Akogi had zero, and everyone else was minus. Jarrett Culver, minus 20. McDaniels, minus 18. Reed, minus 5. McLaughlin, minus 8. Now, um, Noel, minus 15. Vanderbilt, minus 1. Rubio, minus 8. And Towns, minus 6. But but Edwards was like 2 for 10 from, th- from 3. Like, he missed... He, I feel like he missed more shots than he made, for sure. And he ain't play a lick of defense. So how does he get a plus two? <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand it. Yeah. Um, for real, for real, all of them should have been a minus because they all were bad. Like, the whole team. The, the only one that was decent was was Reed. Like, he was playing decent. Yeah. He was yeah. getting off offensively. He couldn't stop nobody, but he was at least scoring efficient offense at the rim. Um, I don't know why he was taking them threes, but... He was getting efficient offense at the rim, but yeah, I, I don't understand the plus minus at all, man. I, I don't see how Edwards finished with a positive plus minus in that game. <laughs> I thought Akogi had a solid game. I'll say that. He was fouling. How many fouls he had, though? Um, let me see. Oh, yeah. Five. Just carving him up, man. Towns had five, too. <laughs> Dang, they were fouling me. Nas Reed had four. Um, Noel had four. Rubio had three, Akogi had five, Towns had five. Yeah, they were fouling all over the place. Yeah, because they, they was late on help defense. So when you're late, what you going to do? Well, one does simply not guard Bradley <laughs> Beal and Russell Westbrook. And then on top of that, when you got Bertans and Matthews hitting literally everything, yeah, it's going to be a tough night. You, you already lost. Yeah. Yeah. And Wagner hit two threes. Yeah, he hit those two in the first, like, what, five minutes of the game, I believe. But yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna have Bill, that's what's so crazy about Bill. Like I marvel at it because he was I think he was like two or six from three, so he wasn't blazing from three, but he still had thirty something on like twenty three shots. Like um, I can pull that up real quick. Let me see. Like his his efficiency like at the rim and in the mid range game is like it's, it's so elite. It's insane. It's so like it's like elite. it's almost like he's like LeBron. I won't even say LeBron. Like it's like it's like uh, it's almost he, like a Kawhi Leonard level efficiency at the rim and in the mid. Like it's crazy. The, there's no one like it to me. I mean, it, the, the only way to describe it for me at this point is it's just Bradley Beal. Yeah, yeah. Because like when I watch, like when I watch Dame play, like because I always kind of compare Beal and Dame just because of their temperament and how they lead and the loyalty deal. Like when I watch Dane play, like he's to me, he's three ball a bust. Like, yeah. When his three not fall, but it's rare his three is not falling. But when his three ball is not falling, I don't see that three level score a game with him where so, he can finish at the rim and get the mid. So you think he's the black Jimmer for that? <laughs> <laughs> Let 
uh, the Jimmer for that that was in college. Yeah, 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 yeah. Basically, uh, yeah, he's the he's the black Jimmer for that, but in the NBA, <laughs> but in the NBA, uh, but yeah, like he he just like because even when we was playing him, like we would force him off the three point line, make him go to the rim, and he couldn't finish he at couldn't the rim. Finish, yeah, and Incredible then he could He didn't have really like a stop pull-up game you know he didn't he don't have like a back to the basket post game he ain't doing none of that he either shooting that 30 footer off a of pick and roll or he gonna hit one to you pull up from 30 feet uh and then he on if he start hitting a few of those <clears throat> you may run out on him and then maybe he'll get lays like that but when i watch bill i'm like man like he literally can score any kind of way you want. Anyway. He can score in the post. He can score in the mid post, the high post. He can get you finishing at the rim just crafty. He can do it off the step back. He can shoot the three, catch and shoot off the dri- Like, it's just, he can do it any kind of way you want to do it. And it's just like, it, it's kind of like Kevin Durant. That's probably the only other player I can think of that can go, you know, two for six, two for eight from three, but still have 30 efficiently. Like, he probably the only guy that I know that could do that as well. I mean, I would even take Beal's offensive game over Harden at this point. There are some people that swear up and down that James Harden is the best offensive player of all time. Harden is the best. I would say Harden is the best three-point shooter off the – well, I don't even want to say off the dribble because – Dame, because you got Dame, you got Steph, but he's a <clears throat> he's a super elite three point shooter off the dribble. Like he can one two you and just pull yeah. up right in your grill. Yeah. Um, but he don't have no mid range game. He don't no, have he no doesn't. post game. No. He don't have no fade. He don't have none of that. Um, and I don't even know that he's that much of a crafty finisher through contact. Like he gets a lot of his lays. Off of guys just overselling that he gonna shoot the three, same as Lillard, where he gets in the lane, it's just a, it's just basically, you know, it's an easy layup because he just, you so scared of him shooting the three, where I just see Bill man, like he just imposes his will, he gets by you and then he'll slow up, he'll change speeds, he'll switch hands mid air, he'll go up and under, like it's just so many ways he finishes at the rim at a high level. And he has an elite mid-range jumper where he just stop and pop. And and then he 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 got a post game too. So it's like it, it's just it's just a marvel to watch, man. I, I just just from just admiring his skill level as a scorer is just it's beautiful. So I know the Wizards kind of dug themselves in a hole here, but if they if they can get up to a, around that four seed range, I mean, do you think there's a situation in which he could enter MVP talks? Oh, that's wild! Even you, know, you say that, man. Um, <clears throat> a wizard and MVP discussion. I mean, John Wall uh, was kind uh, of in MVP discussions in that sixteen seventeen year. He, I know he was in the top five a lot on the uh, Kia MVP ladder and all that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're gonna play at a sixty, that back end stretch, December through February, they was playing at a sixty win pace, so that made sense. I mean, if they can get on a run like that, yeah, if they can win. If they can start winning, you know, two out of every three games they play and just stay on that pace, why? I don't see why not. 
I don't see why he couldn't. I mean, his numbers are obviously MVP worthy. It's just the wins aren't there because the team wasn't gelling and you didn't have consistent rotation. So I don't see why not for the leading score in the NBA. So where do you think he stands all NBA wise? Just going off of how the, the media voted for All-Star, I think he's a lock for All-NBA. But would you put him on, like, first team, second team, third team? See, I think that stuff is going to come down to wins, but I think he's a lock to be an All-NBA player. Uh, I but... I think that it's either going to be second or first. I don't think he'll finish third. Um, but I think it'll be I, – I think second is most likely. Yeah, I'm thinking probably second because I just don't – I just don't see him getting over Dame and Steph. You got you got Dame, Steph, Luca, and Harden. Oh, but they need to keep that same energy then, because if the Mavericks are losing, then Luca doesn't deserve it. If that's man, the game you, that we're gonna play, you know damn well the media love Luca, man. Luca is gonna be on first or second team. If he if Luca averaging thirty a game, like nine assists, nine rebounds. The Mavs could be a, a goddamn 13 seed. They'll have Luka on first or second team. I can promise you that. <laughs> Luka oh, going to be Give Luka Westbrook be that there. same respect. Luka is going to be there, man. So, so Luke, you got, like I said, you got Luka, Steph, Dame, and Harden, and Kyrie. That's five right there. I don't think any of the Nets – Make anything higher than than second between Kyrie and Harden. Um, between yeah, between those two, I think KD could still probably. I mean, we'll see how he looks when he comes back. But I mean, even well, if, KD's going to be first team for sure. Yeah, but you, you never know though because all three of those guys again are going to kind of lower each other's numbers. Like when they've been winning games is when has been like while Kevin Durant has been out. Like when he comes back, like that's gonna change things up a little bit. Well, I mean, they was winning with him too, and then he went out. They they kind of went on that run with all three of them. They started a jail, and then KD went out, and they kind of kept it going. Once they put part in that point guard, that was it. That changed the game for them because that let Kyrie be Kyrie, and KD kind of fits everywhere. But yeah, yeah, that that changed the game for them. But I. I think them five are going to be there. And then I think Bill going to be the sixth guy. Uh, it's just, it de- it's going to depend on seeding. Like, if the Wizards, like, you could see a situation where the, the Warriors and the Blazers have a better record than the Wizards, but the Wizards are a higher seed. Right. And so, like, how, do the, how does media weigh that? You see what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> or do they just say, okay, well, they're all within basically three games of each other. We're just going to look at the numbers and who got the best numbers, and we'll vote for that person to be first team or second team or whatever, whatever level all NBA you want to put them. Here's an interesting thing to think about, too, when it comes to seeding. Um, out of the top three teams in the East, the only team that I would be really scared of playing would be Brooklyn. Um, I, I'm not intimidated by Milwaukee. I'm not intimidated by Philadelphia. Because to me, in the, in the playoffs, your best player's got to be able down, to, yeah. to make clutch shots, yeah, when the game slows down. And to me, 
you basically just let Ben Simmons and Giannis shoot and you got a good shot. Um, When defenses become more set, I I mean, I know Rob, I mean, um, Ben Simmons and Giannis can finish around the rim and all that. But yeah, I keep trying to go at Robin Lopez and Alex run the whole game. That'll work out real well for you. You know, um, I mean, keep trying to go at guys like DeAndre Jordan, um, Bam Adebayo. I mean, keep doing it. it, it it's not going to work. So, again, yep. when the game slows down, you got to be able to do something in the mid-range on the three-point line. And yep. neither of those guys can really do that. So if, if it's like, would you rather the Wizards get the four seed and have home court in the first round? Again, this is assuming at some point they let fans go to games. Um would you rather have them get the four seed and have home court in the first round, or would you rather have them fall to, like, six or seven? So you may have to play either um, – or even eight, I guess. So, Well, no, six and seven. So you would either have to play, let's pretend, well, Milwaukee I mean, I or Philly Nets, first I round. I think the Nets are going to catch – I think the Nets are going to catch uh, the, the Sixers. No, I do too. So that's what I'm saying. Like, So would you rather – get fourth and then have to play the Nets and or fourth or fifth and have to play the Nets in the second round? Or would you rather just get well, sixth would and be, seventh? I thought it would be... Oh, yeah, you're right. Because if you're fourth and you get through, then you play the one seed. Right. But if you're, like, the third seed, then you would play and you get through, then you would play the second seed. Right. Mm. So it's like... Because you're not so, beating the Nets. I'm going to just – we're not beating them Nets. So, no. I, 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 see what you, I, I see what you're saying where it's like, okay, go in as a six seed and play the Bucks, play like the Bucks in the first round, see if you can get an upset, and then you would play Philly in round two. Right. Or vice versa, of course. Or Yeah, or vice versa. I see what you're saying. That's tough, man. I don't know, man. I, man, man, man. I, uh, I, I just don't think it's no nothing guaranteed. I say, man, let me get the home court. Uh, four seed. You know, five. You probably play if you if you get it. You you probably playing like a Toronto or Miami, and at the as the five seed, if you can get past them, and then you. I think the we'd next. beat Toronto in like six games. And then you got the Nets. If you can get to the Nets second round, I just like being on that stage. Yeah. Like, not 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 saying that you got a shot to win because we know. I mean, that, they got a three headed monster that's just just ridiculous. But just being on that stage and competing, like say you get two games on the Nets, man. What does that say to free agents? What does that say to prospective players possibly looking for a way out? You know, like I I just would want to be on that stage. So. Uh, you I'm know that, about, that, that raises Bradley Beal's profile too. You know, if he averaging 30, 35 versus a Nets team that's favored to win the title, you know. So yeah, yeah. I I want that stage, man. I'm thinking about <laughs> this now. Um, in Bradley Beal's whole career, um, you know, his whole time he's been a Wizard, the Wizards haven't lost to any other team but a one seed, right? I'm thinking about it out loud now, unless. That that year, no, yeah, because that year we lost to the Pacers. They were a one seed too. So we, because we lost to the Pacers that first year, and then 
The second year we lost to the Hawks. The Hawks were a one seed, correct? One seed, yeah. And then we and lost we lost to the Raptors, who were one seed because you were the eight. Yep. Yeah. So we You're always right. come across one seeds. <laughs> Can't catch yeah. a break. <laughs> yep. Well, that's because we've never finished higher than a four seed. Yeah. That's that's how that's been. So like. The only way you can avoid a one seed is if you finish as a three seed or a two seed. So, at least within the first two rounds, you got to, you know, you got to finish as a third or second seed. Yep. Um, Anything else you want to cover before we go on and get out of here? Uh, Before we do, um, let me get your prediction on these last three games here. I'll go one and two. I think they'll beat Memphis. Mm-hmm. I'll go. Huh. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb here, man. I think they they lose to Boston, and then I think they win two straight, man. I think they beat Memphis and the Clippers. Oh, the Clippers give me nightmares. No way we win that game. Oh. I, I think they get them back, man. I think they get them back. I mean, I guess it's not out of the question if I mean I mean you're legit asking half that roster, I guess, to just not shoot the way they were shooting last time. And I mean that's not out they, of the realm of hit. possibility. They were on fucking for, fire, man. I forgot who tweeted it, but they, it was it was saying they hit like sixty eight percent of their contested jump shots that game. Like, come on, man. Paul George and Kawhi, man. That's what they freaking contested. do. But even then it was like Reggie Jackson. <laughs> it was bums hitting them too. It wasn't just them two. Like it was bums hitting yeah. them. 70% of their jumpers with a hand in their face. Like, nah, man. That's not going to happen. And even with that, they made it a game in the early fourth quarter. So, I, like I said, I, I just think, and that's at home, too. Remember, that ain't on the road. That's Clippers at home. So, I think they get them. And I don't know if that's a Clippers back-to-back, second night of a back-to-back. I have to double-check that. If it's Clippers yeah. coming second night of a back-to-back, I'm definitely putting money on Wizards. To win Is Paul game. George sitting out back-to-backs? I'm not sure. Because that would obviously have big implications. He um, should be off his ministry. I know he was on a minutes restriction, but he should be off that by now. At least I thought. I'm not sure. Or maybe they even use it as a rest day. Um, who knows? I, I, I would say at full strength, I don't think that we win, but if, if they're on like this, I don't even know if I'd say we'd win if they were on the second night of a back-to-back. I would say that if PG or so even if so even if the Clippers was on the second night of a back to back, we fresh legs, everybody healthy, and we at home, you still wouldn't give them a shot to win it. I give them a shot to win it. I just ultimately don't think. I mean, I'm just going with my gut. I mean, I'm going with the more talented team, you know. Yeah, for sure, definitely more talented. No question. I'll say I'll say one and two. I'll say that if we go two and one, it's because we beat Boston. But again. They they could beat the Clippers. I'm not saying they can't. Um, there's certain circumstances and whatnot that may come up that we don't even know about yet. But I'm saying if it's a even if it, if it's a fully healthy roster, even off the second night of a back to back, I still think the Clippers would win. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's a fair logical <laughs> answer. You know that the Clippers are definitely more talented. So, but this team is now defying logic. So. Yeah, man, they got. A, I mean, they got a rotation now. They know. They know who not to play. That's just as important as who to play. <laughs> so, 
So. And we haven't even seen it a whole lot this year, but when Bertans and Matthews are on at the same time, because you know Beal's going to do what he's going to do, it, it's it's a wrap. It's it's over. Yeah, Beal's so consistent, man. You just it's the others, like Shaq say, it's the others. Got They got to raise their level. And they it's unbelievable be because it doesn't look like he does anything fancy on, on TV, and it's like I feel like we take it for granted an awful lot because again. Name anyone that's coming in here in that same spot and doing what he's doing on a nightly basis. I mean, there's there's no one. Yeah, like I mean, that just effortlessly get thirty every night, win, lose, or draw. Uh, it's it's and do it efficiently. Not you know, like I don't, like I said, the only one I can think of is like a KD. Like KD yeah. is the only other score that to me like. They can get 30 in their sleep, and it's, like, seamless, where it don't even feel like they're forcing it. Like, it's like, okay, all right, you want to talk some, talk some shit? I'm going to go get 17 and a quarter. I mean, Boom. I guess Curry, I <laughs> guess, but Beal has an elite mid-range game. I don't think Curry really – I would be interested nah. to know actually how many mid-range shots Curry takes um, on average in a game, but um, Beal is, like, a legit – Three-way tear like like Kevin Durant is like again they're really yeah it's the only, it's the only other category. guy it's the only yeah he's the only guy that I could really think of like Steph when he's on when Steph is on and he getting thirty is because his three ball is falling like and they're biting and away. pump fakes and right and then he getting layups and floaters and free throws yeah. but yeah. it's not a oh my three not falling let me get you fifteen off the mid let me get you another ten off lays and free throws it's not that it's not it's only it's Bill and then it's KD for, for me watching it. <laughs> uh, did you see that Bullets Forever post earlier about uh, the Warriors being interested in Brad? Yeah, I ain't paying no mind, though. I mean, it. Uh, I mean, you really can't I mean, at this point. There's no. If the Wizards were to trade Beal after doing all this, le- legit, like, you have to seriously question your fandom. Like, yeah, that just, would be atrocious. I mean, maybe now they're kind of like, oh, Bill is really, really good. Maybe we should offer Wiseman and, and the Timberwolves pick. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I mean, I'm just like, no, I don't, I'm not taking that call right now. No, I'm you can't. If they weren't taking, taking it before, call. they sure as hell aren't taking it now. Right, right. So, yeah, I, I didn't even pay that report no mind. Like, I just – Bill not going nowhere, man. Like, I, I just – Unless, unless, from everything I've been hearing, hearing him talk, I don't think he's going nowhere, man. I think he, I think he is going to sign a supermax deal with the Wizards. I do too. And then after that, if they don't win or they don't build a team around him, then he'll just request out. But at that point, he got his money. But I think he's going to get his money here. Yeah, um, you have to give it to him. You just have to. Again, there he is so unique right now that it's not even like he's kind of like a point guard where you can kind of group them all into the same tier. Like Beal is his own tier in his own position. Yeah, because again, like it's not – it used to be like, you know, oh, Beal's on a hot streak. It's not that no more. Like this is every game – he can score all three levels. It don't matter what you take away. He has a counter. And that's going to bode well, so well in the playoffs. You know, because like I say, like the Hardens, uh, 
you know, the some of these other guys that can get 30, they can only get it in one or two ways. And when you take that away, they can sometimes have these stinker games. And like with Bill, I just don't see how you stop this dude. You can't stop him at the rim, can't stop his mid-range, and you can't stop him from three. Like, how do you how do you stop somebody that has no weakness offensively? <laughs> and so more to the point, Harden plays point guard now. Name the second best shooting guard in the NBA. After Beal? Yeah, Beal's clearly first. Who's the second? Uh, we're not counting Harden. See? See? But see, that's I what might I'm saying, go, though. I might go Levine. I might go Levine, man. And that's an astronomical difference. But I think it's a gap. <laughs> Would you take Levine over Booker? Right now, yeah. And I guess right if now. healthy, uh, Clay Thompson. I don't know. Nah, that's nah, that's been that should been sailed. <laughs> Clay, Clay, not in that class, man. Like, like I said, when I when I say shooting guard, I mean when I say shooting guard, I'm thinking Kobe level as far yes. as three level scores can get it any way you want. Layups. Yeah. Post mid range three, that's what I judge that to. That ain't no damn Clay Thompson. <laughs> but see, th- that's so. how big of a difference it is. And for like his trade value and stuff, is like there is no one in his position that is close to him. And even in the league, again, like we just said, like it's overall wise, I mean, LeBron is the best player in the NBA. But after that, I mean, Who's the second best player in the NBA right now? I mean, would you take Kawhi over uh, Beal at this point? Yes, defensively. He's just a marvel defensively. Um I, I would put Beal in that he's a I top. I think Beal's better player. than Giannis. I put I'm, him I'll over just Giannis. Say ooh, ooh, see that's See, that's kind of like, it's hard to even do that because Giannis is a big. I, it's hard to even compare them. Because Gian- Giannis, Giannis is Shaq without his Kobe. So it's like, <sighs> he's so dominant as a physical force, but the skill level is lacking. Right. I, 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 Which I is why know. I'd give Beal the nod. Because if we want to play well, the Giannis puts up numbers game, well, then okay, then we need to give Westbrook that same respect. And we know damn well that right, Russell right, Westbrook right. is You're not right. a top You're 10 right. player. You're right. If we go on skill, for sure, Bill. And it's kind of, it's the same argument, but it's like, all right, but who was who's more dominant? Like when when Giannis is just his physical dominance, he can get 30 just being an athlete. You know? Right. So what's harder to stop? The elite skill or the elite physical dominance? In the know. regular season or the playoffs? <laughs> Good point. So in the playoffs, probably the skill. In the regular season, I would say the physical dominance. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I, I would rather have both because I feel like if if you shipped out Middleton and Drew Holiday, got both of them up out of there, and swapped them with Beal, I would have I would have the Bucks as the favorites to win the title. Like that pairing of Beal is it, perfect. Well, for Giannis, uh, but it's just, you know, I, I, obviously you can't do that. But 
it's, it's hard to really pick who. But if you, uh, yeah, I see what you're saying though. Like if if it, if it's a playoff series for my life, and you asking me who I want playing as my number one guy to close out a series for my life, I'm picking Bill over Giannis. <laughs> We'll have to do that next episode. When we have an episode during the break and we kind of have our trade deadline topics and all that, um, we should come up with like a, a top 10, top 20 list and kind of see where we stand with that. I'd be interested to um, chat and discuss that a little bit more. Definitely see where Beal stands and all that. Yeah, because a lot of people might point at Beal defensively to try to knock knock him down on that top 10, top 15 conversation, but I feel like his defense is adequate enough with how elite his offense is that he's a bona fide top 10 player. Yeah. Like he's not He's not Trey Young on defense. No, He's not no. Isaiah Thomas on no. defense. He's like... It's more uh, mental. It's not lack of ability. It's just like lapses on backdoor cuts and things like that. It's not like he's a terrible defender. He just takes breaks. He's, he's Allen Iverson on defense, where you're like, he plays it when he wants. <laughs> you know, so you like know Harden. he's capable. Yeah. Yeah. You know he's capable, but he on the other end, he's trying to get 30 35. He has to for his team to be competitive. Yeah. So it's again, it's not like he's a he's a and that's why I'm like because people ignore these things with a Steph Curry because they love his offense and his threes, but Steph Curry is not a good defender. Like he is, he has to be hid on defense. He has to be hidden on defense, the same way Trey Young has to be hidden on defense. But people hate Trey Young, and then love Steph. So I'm like, I. I it's like the logic don't apply across the board. It's like they pick and choose who defense they want to talk about. But I feel like Bill is an adequate defender. Like he's not some uh, you know, liability that like, oh yeah, we're gonna pick on Bradley Bill today. Nah, he's not that. So uh yeah, he's a bona fide top ten player to me. Like I don't I, I don't think that's up for debate no. I thought the most hilarious thing ever in terms of hiding guys on defense was when they um when we played the Celtics and they decided to put IT on on Otto Porter and Otto Porter looked like Kobe oh Bryant. God. That was awesome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, and it's, even then when he when Isaiah was with us, I mean we played zone the entire time. Yeah, you had to play zone to 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 you know try to maximize him on the floor. Cause I mean, he just—he's like a you know—he's a matador, man. Like he just okay, five foot nine guy, post up, and it wasn't even like it was like, you know, he guarding mellow or something, or guys with elite scoring prowess. It would be like rotation guys that were like, oh, right. I got it on me. Oh, this a bucket. Yeah, like Lonnie it's Walker like, would go off on him. Yeah, it's like, oh man, come on, man. <laughs> like Markel Fultz gonna get thirty five easy. Easy. <laughs> so, yeah. and you know, like Bill, Bill again. Like I say, he's not an elite defender. He's not a Kawhi or Paul George uh, level defender. But they don't have his offense either. Like even Paul George to me. Like Paul George got all of the tools 
all of the twos. But Paul George ain't the offensive player that Bradley Beal is. Paul George ain't ever been the offensive player that Bradley Beal is right now, ever. So it's like, all right, well, what do you, what do you want? You know, that's why to me, like, I, like I feel like I feel like Bill is a bona fide top ten, top ten player, man. And I think he's pretty much shooing to make All NBA unless we go on some ridiculous losing streak and injuries pile up, and you know we finish outside of the bubble play in. But if they finish in the bubble, bubble play in, he's gonna be on the All NBA team for sure. Um... Sorry, it is late. Um, to close out, uh, Scott Brooks got his 500th career win. Congratulations to Scott Brooks. You've been... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you've been, like, the genital warts that will never go away for the most part, but, uh, you know, credit credit where it's due. I say it all the time. I'll, I'll be on you when you're terrible, just like I was with Westbrook at the beginning of the year, but... If you play better, I acknowledge it. I'm not just going to say that you're terrible all the time. So um, credit to Scott Brooks. You know, he he's found some rotations that are working. Um, he said, is that he, he coaching felt... better or just some balls bouncing in his bouncing his way with Ish getting hurt and that making it just easier to do his lineups to manage his lineups? Because I, mean, I don't know, man. Oh, he still be doing some stupid stuff, and you know they still have been finding a way to win, but. I don't know. We'll see. I guess do you think that they would? Now. I mean, I do you think that they'd entertain making a coaching switch, even if they make the playoffs at this point? I, I think that they'd bring him back for another year, kind of like what the Blazers have been doing. I, with, hope, uh, I hope they would. I, I just feel like I just feel like you got to do it like kind of shoot. I mean, like the Nets did. The Nets made the playoffs with a depleted roster and they still fired. <laughs> Kenny Agassi. I don't understand the math behind firing and hiring head coaches. I don't get it. The Raptors. The Raptors made the playoffs, won all types of games. Uh, Their coaches, I'm drawing a blank with their coach right now. They had uh, that's with Detroit now. Dwayne Casey. Dwayne Casey. Still fired. So it's like what are we doing, man? Why are we so tired of this dude? But I don't know. Yeah, um, but we've been on here for a while now. We'll go ahead and um, wrap it up here. Thank you guys for listening to another episode. Uh, We'll try and be back soon. I would say the next time we'll get on is maybe um, after these next three games and we can kind of go over again our, um, our trade deadline preview, kind of do a a second half of the season type preview, especially since the Eastern Conference is so competitive, I guess is the word. Um, (laughs) But we'll be back with you guys soon. And um, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.